It's witchcraft. And welcome to a special Wheel of the Year episode of the Stone Witches Hour. On this podcast, we talk about the pagan holidays, the eight high holidays in the Wheel of the Year. And we are now to our last final tick. Our last eight. tick in the wheel. That's right. For us, we started at Imbolc. And so our year ends at the regular calendar year in December on Yule. And so that'll be our final one. And we will have done every single one of the pagan high holidays in the wheel of the year. That's fabulous. First of all, kudos that, that here we are a whole calendar wheel away and, 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 and we're still here and people are still listening. And that's awesome. That was my co-host, Shell. I'm Layla. And here we are on our special winter solstice Yule episode of the Stoned Witches Hour. So welcome, everybody, and uh, happy Yule. Tis the season. I love it. This is one of my favorite seasons because like so many other holidays, this Festival of Lights is celebrated by so many different cultures and people and religions. And I mean, you've got Kwanzaa, you have Hanukkah, which started on Monday the 19th, all these different festivals of light. What did we say last episode? Hanukkah, Christmas, Kwanzaa, Yule. They used to call it Christmas, Kwanzaa. Christmas, Kwanzaa. Does that, but that doesn't have Yule or the solstice in there anywhere. It doesn't. (laughs) You can only, you can only fit so many holidays in one word. That's true. That's true. And you know, Yule and the winter solstice usually get kind of kick to the side when people talk about the different holidays this time of year, but we are certainly going We're to talk celebrate about it. That, though. We're going to talk right. about that because you know what? You say that and you say that with almost a little salty tone in your voice, but I'm going to show you how Yule is still intricated in every tradition out there to this day. Because I've been taking notice of them lately. It's been like some weird thing that's been like every time I hear a Christmas song or something of that nature, I'm like, huh? huh, where'd you get that? Ooh, that makes sense. So yeah, we're going to point out some of the similarities and some of the Yuletide traditions that are still in place today. And there's so, so, so many of them. I think Christmas is the one typically Christian holiday that I have incorporated in as a secular holiday in my life because it is already so pagan. I didn't really have to change anything to keep it with my solstice traditions. Same. And I think we will actually touch a little bit on how we have kind of melded them into, I don't want to say one per se, but how we both incorporate both of those aspects in our life and can still sleep at night. I love that. I love that. Well, because there are people and you know that we've been criticized here and there and everywhere. Well, how can you be a witch and celebrate Christmas? We're going to tell you how. Exactly. Let's start with Yule. So Yule this year in 2022 takes place on Wednesday, December 21st at 4.47 p.m. in the Northern Hemisphere. As you know, in the Southern Hemisphere, they'll be celebrating the summer solstice. So good on them. Lucky. Can I just point out on a personal note, that's also mine and my sweet love's six-year anniversary. The winter solstice or the summer solstice? The winter solstice, December 21st. Aww, the reason we're here. That's right. Happy anniversary. Oh my gosh. Six years? It was a magical day. That is so magical. I love that. 
what I recently learned, the solstice comes from a Latin word, sol, meaning the sun, and sister, which means to stand still. Because on the day of the solstice, if you look at the sun, it rises in the lowest part of the sky. And then around noon, it doesn't get very high. And it, you know, hits its certain point in the sky. And then for three days, it stays in that same point in the sky. So it almost seems like it stays still for three days. That marks Yule. Which is, which is, you know, we talked about at the summer solstice, you know, basically the exact opposite. Exactly. So this is the shortest day. (laughs) 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 It's the longest night and the shortest day of the year. And so a lot of people, especially prehistoric people, they were looking for that sun to come back. It's already been very dark and and very cold and very quiet. And it's a little scary. Can I tell you something depressing? Sure. On the winter solstice this year, on December 21st, here on the East Coast of the United States, the sun will set literally at 4.19 p.m. That's depressing. Like, that's, that's very depressing. depressing. I'm not... Like in, in, in my everyday life, like I'm not out of work yet and the sun has set. So when you spark your joint at 420 or your bowl, you're actually bringing back the light. Apparently, because it's a minute later, because yeah, on the 21st, it's it's 419. And I was kind of annoyed that it wasn't 420. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but but 419, that's pretty early. That's pretty early. I don't like it. It is. And it it's but that's why we celebrate Yule because we want the sun to come back. We want the light to come back. We're celebrating that even in the midst of all this darkness, there's hope and there's light. And the days will start to get lighter after this point. And they'll add minute by minute, the days will gradually grow lighter as we enter into the light half of the year. And so there is joy and beauty and happiness in that. Even though it looks like we're in the middle of the dark part of the year, we're actually entering the light half. Yeah, but that particular day, I feel like I've been slighted on daylight. Oh, yeah. Oh, we all do. There's that whole seasonal affective disorder that's terrible. Take your vitamin D, please, and get outside as much as you can. It's it's hard. It's a hard time of year for a lot of people. But I think right now, what kind of... I don't know, I I guess the best way to say pushes me through is that tie in with the Christmas spirit. (laughs) Yes, I love that. They have a very similar theme. Christmas has the birth of the son of God and pagans have the literal birth of the sun in the sky and uh, the sun God, the sun God. We just mix and matched words. It was just interpretation. God of sun, son of God. Yeah, it was just a mix up. Well, (laughs) a little bit done intentionally to get those pagans who didn't really want to leave the old ways to come into the church a little more, which is why they basically whole cloth stole every single tradition and put it right down on the Christmas holiday and incorporated all of them together. Maybe in a different podcast, we'll talk about how there is actually um, evidence of Jesus being born in March, but different podcasts. Different podcasts. We will focus on that one today. But we're going to talk about some of those traditions that are a big crossover between Yule, the winter solstice, and Christmas. And the biggest one is your Christmas tree. I was just going to say, my trees, 
I have an addiction, people. Some people, some <laughs> several people, shells. Several. I do. I do. I, I actually, I do. Um, <laughs> this particular addiction does not have anything to do with tarot decks. Thank okay. you. <laughs> this addiction has to do with. I like ornaments and trees. And, you know, I was actually reading on a, a, a Facebook group I'm a part of that's like this witchy, wiki, Wiccan, pagan type Facebook group. A baby witch had posted something that um, this is basically their first Yule slash Christmas having come out to their family, their friends, whatever. Aww. And Welcome, baby witch. The story was they were very, very torn because they felt that they were like almost no longer allowed to celebrate Christmas. Oh, ha. To that, I say ha and ha again. You know me. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. What are you talking <laughs> about here? I, as my fabulous outed self for a couple decades, have had a history of putting up I don't know. What was the most I put up? Nine Christmas trees in my house? Twelve. It was nine that I saw. You you claim that there were 12, but I've only seen nine or 10. <laughs> <laughs> Fully decorated, head to toe. Ever since my children were born back in the, in the 90s, they have gotten one, if not five or six new ornaments each and every Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> one, she says, if, or maybe five or six. <laughs> and um, it got to the point where um, for many, many, many years now, my children have actually had their own Christmas trees because they have each have a, enough decorations to decorate a whole uh, six foot tree. So Aww. each kid has now, are those tree. are those decorations still with you or now that they have moved out? Did they take those with them? Have you met me? Yeah, I knew what the answer was going to be. <laughs> so currently my daughter is borrowing her Christmas <laughs> ornaments. <laughs> <laughs> and I will show up for the Christmas celebrations with my son's ornaments. <laughs> That's so cool. Oh my goodness. Yeah, they'll I've seen coming, those. They'll all be coming back to Massachusetts with me. With you. Yeah. <laughs> so anywho, um, yeah, so I have this ornament thing. And I don't think people realize I kind of look at decorating a tree as almost like a ritual in and of itself. And and part of it goes towards those ornaments. I still have ornaments myself, not just my children, but I have ornaments from my childhood. I actually have ornaments um, that I quote unquote inherited from, that were from my father's childhood. Yeah. When we had the flood back in 2006, one of the things that devastated me the most was the loss of all the historical uh, Christmas decorations that I have. And my mother brought me to tears the following solstice when she brought out these brass ornaments that we had all been gifted when we were babies by her father that I had thought were beyond repair. And she had taken to a, a jeweler who had meticulously cleaned and restored these fragile antique brass ornaments. Oh, wow. And so I was, she was able to salvage just a couple of them, but that was one of the biggest losses was these family heirloom solstice and Christmas ornaments. But when you put these ornaments, you know, I got I got a kid that's 28 years old right now. When she puts that baby's first Christmas ornament on from her first Christmas, you know, that's invoking something. Yes, it is. Now I have ornaments that, that my, my grandparents have made for me. Grandparents had bought for me different friends and family had made for me that may or no, that may not be among us anymore. So it's almost like looking at your tree is like an altar of sorts. 
They very well can be. Creating I mean, can... that altar of sorts. It's almost like decorating the tree is like a ritual in and of itself. We are also people who each ornament has a, a, a meaning and a history yes. and some that we have created, some yeah. that we have purchased, but they all have some type of meaning. And not to say that just a decorative tree is bad, but in our oh, household- Oh, I have those too. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. We we bring in the green we, because it's a, it's a living thing. And we, right. we alternate. Sometimes we have an actual living tree with roots that we go plant. And sometimes we cut one down. That idea of going out to a farm and, and cutting down a tree or, or bringing in that green to the home is just, it's so magical to bring that green that represents life, even in the depths of winter- into your home to kind of bring that representation of life and coming out of the dark and to have that there is who doesn't love that just the smell of it is fabulous i have a confession what's that and my confession is going to soothe the soul of witches near and far so we talk about all my trees first of all i want to be real with you people only one of them is real the rest are fake i can who, who the hell can get nine ten twelve <laughs> real trees in their house so, but I always have a real tree. The main tree, the present tree is a real tree. Last year, I feel like I was on National Lampoon's Christmas vacation. Like we forgot the chainsaw, the saw that we, the handsaw that we had might as well have been a butter knife. There was yelling, there was fighting, adult children throwing F-bombs here and there. It was, it was a rough tree experience. So my confession is this year, we didn't let any of our adult children come with us, first of all. No kids. Keep it simple. You're all adults. Go pick out your own tree. We're picking out That's our tree right. without you this year, kids. Picking <laughs> it out without you. And we did not cut it down. We went to one of those pre-cut. I just handed the man. Boy Scouts in the parking lot. I gave the guy my money and took the tree and tied it to the roof of the car. Like I wasn't, I wasn't I love that. up for cutting it down myself this year. So I paid a nice group of folks to offer me the option to not cut it down. <laughs> it's gorgeous. <laughs> One of my favorite, favorite memories, I kind of translated into a current tradition. When I was younger, I had a lot of pagan tendencies, but I didn't know what being pagan was. And certainly my family was not about to indulge any of that, you know, weirdo crap. So I went to a Methodist church and they had on Christmas Eve, they would have a Christmas Eve service. I looked forward to this shit every fucking year. I did too. It was the best thing. We would all go at midnight in the wee hours of night. We would dress up, bundle up, go out in the cold to the church. And as we went in, everyone was all happy and kind of quiet and hushed. And we all would get a big fat candle with a, some type of collar around it so the wax wouldn't drip on your hand. And we'd all go into the church. And if, if I was lucky, I'd get to go sit up in the balcony. And as I got older, I used to sneak away and make sure I could do that. The church would be packed because, of course, not many people would go on Sunday, but everybody was there for the holiday. You know, you're Christmas and Easter Christians, right? So we'd go in and get up in the balcony and they'd start the service. The church would be kind of dark. And then they'd have these choir boys or girls go down the aisles with a with a big tall lighted stick and they would light the candle of each person at the end of the row and then that person would light the next candle next to them and then you'd like and so the light would kind of go down the row each person adding the light that's cool and from the balcony you would watch this kind of dark sanctuary 
start to glow with hundreds of candlelights from everyone. And then they'd start to sing Christmas hymns and Christmas carols. And fuck if I didn't feel the Christmas spirit so big right there and so powerfully. The memory of it still stirs me today. Now, my mother became Catholic at one point in my childhood, and we kind of had a similar thing going on. We would go to midnight mass. Um, This was actually at a Catholic church, but we lived about a block and a half down the street from the church and what this, what the church would do. And like, I have similar memories, you know, the church and the candles, beautiful stuff. But what really is still ingrained in me is because I only lived about a block and a half away, we would walk to midnight mass and what the church would do, you know, like a, a, a brown paper lunch bag. Yes. They had white ones and that whole block and a half from about my house to the church, they would have these white bags all along the sidewalk with candles in them as like a lighted path. The luminaries. Light. About 1115, you know, she'd wrangle us kids up. Off we'd go down to midnight mass and like just walking down the street, that block and a half for a kid be in the middle of the night. I mean, it was, it was, you know, midnight mass just gentle snow falling, a candlelit path all the way to church. There was something in the air. I agree. You like can almost feel that, that peace on earth. That moment of peace on earth. And that all you had to do was get through church and then Santa was coming. <laughs> That's so true. But that that feeling just blanketed you in joy and peace and and goodwill towards all. And I I love that feeling and I want to recreate that in my winter solstice celebrations. And so candles feature very, very prominently in my home on that day. I mean, who doesn't love candles anyway? Right. But the whole idea of bringing back the light into your home is a big one. And so one way that I recreate that is, you know, when we're doing our Yule ritual, we'll make sure that every light in the house is off. And we'll have some candles right there. And we'll go through and make sure all the lights are off, except for the one where we're doing ritual. And then just before ritual, we'll turn that light off and we'll start ritual in darkness and kind of really move through that because being in darkness is difficult for people. We don't like to be in total darkness. We don't like to be in total silence. So that can be a difficult space for people. And then when we light that first candle, the the warmth and the the glow and that feeling of joy is just palpable. And we light as we light more candles throughout the ritual space and then bring that throughout the whole house ritually to kind of grow that light within the house. It's just such a feeling of joy and happiness and belonging. I, I just love bringing that into a home for the solstice. You know what they used to do? A hundred plus years ago. Obviously, do not do this now. This is dangerous. Do not do this, listeners. I'm taking notes, Shell. Go for it. Back in the day, like, you know how we use... I love lights. I love freaking Christmas lights. Like, I have trees that are multicolor. I have trees that are solid blue, solid red, solid white. Like, I I do this. I do this up, man. Love it. Back in the day, they didn't have Christmas lights. They used candles. They would put candles on the tree and... As they were having their Christmas Eve celebrations, they would light the candles on the tree and illuminate that tree. Do not do that. That is so dangerous. But but no, that's what they did. They would they would illuminate the tree with candles. And that was their symbolism, which now in the in the 20th century, 21st century, we've translated that to our LED lights. 
Yes, make sure you use lots of LEDs, use safe candles in other places, not on your tree. Speaking of that, I, I, I read that a lot of times they would do that outdoors as well. Sometimes decorating an outdoor tree was something yep. that people would do. That's something that our family has done occasionally, not very often, but particularly when my kids were little, one of the things they would love to do is we would either take our Christmas tree when it was done, we would take it out to a spot in the woods where we would kind of let it cure before we'd use it for firewood and that type of stuff. But we would put bird seed and different ornaments on it there. And we have also decorated a tree with bird seed and suet ornaments on solstice. Um, and an easy way to do that, Shell, <laughs> here's my hack, because I don't know if you've ever made suet bird ornaments, like peanut butter and suet. It is the messiest. It is the grossest. It is the worst. You know what I have done, though? What's that? I've saved all of my holiday grease and then smeared it on the tree and then covered the, the smeared grease with bird seed. Perfect. And that's an easy way to do it. But I have an even easier one for you if you're not going to make it yourself. Go buy those suet cakes that you can get at the store, like to put yeah. in bird feeders. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Lightly freeze them. Like don't freeze them solid, but just freeze them a little bit and then cut those fuckers in half right down the middle. So you have two thin pieces and then you can use cookie cutters to cut them into different shapes. Oh, and make those and put put your little string on it, like your cotton or your twine or whatever. Oh, what a great idea. And then put those outside on the tree, any tree. It doesn't have to be your Christmas tree. It can just be some tree in your yard for the animals and the birds to eat. So it looks like a cutout cookie. That's right. So it looks like a cutout cookie. And it's something edible that you can make with your kids without making a huge suet mess. It's super Here cheap. I am lathering bacon grease on the stump of a tree. <laughs> You're making and, cut out suet. <laughs> well, like I said, it's it's cheap, it's easy, and it's something fun to do with kids. And you can talk about the solstice and the animals and and the light coming back and kind of making this offering to the land and to the fae and to the animals that are in the area. Maybe the bigger issue is 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 that my household eats too much bacony, greasy products and lead up to Christmas. <laughs> Maybe that's the real issue. Hey, take your peanut butter jar that you just finished and you don't want to clean out. Pour your not hot but slightly warm bacon grease in there. Put in a bunch of bird seed and shake it up really good and then pour that stuff out. And you basically you've got your suet right there. And let it harden. Yeah. Let it harden and you've got it. But yeah, do the... Another thing to do to bring that that whole solstice idea of bringing back the light and and starting anew is to your simmer pots that you love to do. You know, use cloves, a cardamom, bay, cinnamon, rum, lemonade, you know, all that type of stuff to to bring that that spice, the new life, the warmth back into your home. I, I definitely want to touch on the gift giving piece of Yule slash Christmas. Ooh, I love this part. There, I know, right? There, you know, we, we've talked about Krampus. Um, everybody knows Santa, fat, jolly red man that brings you presents on, on Christmas if you've been good. There are, uh, you know, different versions of Santa, the old Norse. St. Nicholas, you know, and all that gifting children. Um, I know some pagans uh, say that Odin brings their children gifts instead of Santa. Correct. Correct. Or a cat that's going to come eat you. I don't know. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Get those new clothes, kids. You know, everybody has a birthday and that's all fine and well. But, you know, even if you even if you don't think that Jesus is the reason for the season, which I personally do not. So I'm with you on that. 
what's wrong with with one time a year getting together with your friends and family and loved ones and giving them a gift that is for no other reason than just because it's not that, Oh, it's your birthday. I'm giving you a present or it's your anniversary. I got to get you something, you know, it's, I'm getting you a gift is a, is a sign of love, respect and appreciation. And in this dark time of year, when we all are kind of huddled inside and we're cold and people are having those warm dinners and those, those gatherings and get togethers and, and kind of that hermiting of sorts, what better time than I like a good present. Don't you like I a, love good a good present? I do. And I also I'm one of those few people who loves to receive a good handmade present. I I cherish that shit. And if I sometimes, can make sometimes I prefer it. Exactly. And for me, the giving of presents this time of year, I never saw it as a, a birthday, quote unquote thing. To me, it was this is the time of year when we all have a little more time to work on projects. You can do the crocheting or or make that project or the woodworking project or, you know, whatever you happen to be good at, beading, leatherwork, jewelry. And so people would do their hobbies more now because you can't get outside and play outside. Well, and as you recall, I've done some nifty, some nifty Yule gifts in the past. Yes, like that, you have. Like that year I hand painted ornaments for everybody or the year I made bath. Remember those bath salts I made? Um, I loved your bath salts so much. I've spoken about them previously on this podcast. <laughs> I've made, I remember I used to make individual incense blends for each member of the coven. Yes, we all I, had our own personal ones and I love those gifts. And I loved making them just as much. And that's even, I for me, I thought was the better part. Exactly. And so now what in the depths of winter, what better time to celebrate the coming spring and the, the light coming back than by giving gifts of yourself, gifts that you You're have gifting made. Gifting your talents. That's right. Gifting your time essentially is what's yeah. happened. You care enough about this person to have spent a lot of time for them to make them something. And time is something that we have a little bit more of, I hope, this dark part of the year. So, you know, I would rather a handmade ornament or a, a handmade bath salt or, or, or an incense that was handmade as opposed to a Walmart gift card. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I love making things, you know, with friends. Also, like drying orange slices and making the really pretty sun representation yep. um, decorations for a tree. That is such a fun craft to do if you're into that kind of thing. Um, oh, oh, here's a good one. One that I've seen around a little bit for the last couple of years was doing uh, wishing pine cones. Have you ever seen a wishing pine cone? No. What's that? This is where, now what I would do with my kids is we would take some pine cones that we had found and some that we would fill with bird seed and suet and peanut butter for the birds to hang as decorations. And some we would set aside to make wishes on. And what you do is you take a little piece of paper and you write your wish and you roll it up and then you tuck it into the pine cone and you can either tie it with a little piece of string or you can drip some wax on it to make it stay inside the pine cone. And you can do multiple wishes per pine cone if you'd like. And then put some incense on it or put some herbs that kind of go along with your wish or that have to do with luck or, or new beginnings or good energy and then seal it with wax and then hang that on your tree to absorb good energy and to kind of bring those wishes to fruition. And then on the new year, toss them in the fire to burn and to let those wishes kind of go into the air and to bring them to you in the new year. Interesting. So like a little wishing pine cone spell that you can do to 
again, do it before solstice and before Christmas and then put it amongst your decorations to absorb all that good energy of your celebrations and then burn it in a fire to release it and to bring that energy back to you on the new year. Speaking of fire, so everybody has heard of a Yule log. Actually, it's funny because my my very Irish Catholic uh, mother-in-law has a Yule log. We just Again, don't tell, we just don't tell her that's what it is. <laughs> one of the one of the traditions that they just kind of stole whole cloth from paganism. If you're unfamiliar, if if you can picture in your head that maybe foot long log of birch, usually with the white you know the white bark, and then three candles sticking out of it. So the deal with the Yule log uh, that I just wanted to point out is that that is like one of the oldest. Uh, Yule traditions. And it was kind of incorporated by the Christians, partially because of the the guiding beacons of light, which I would imagine are the candles. Mm -hmm. But back in the old days, what they would do is on Christmas day, they would put the trunk of the tree, their Christmas tree into the fireplace And that Yule log would feed the fire through the 12 days of Christmas, which actually were Christmas Day through the evening of uh, January. I can't do the math in my head. I think it's January 5th. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that's an Old Norse tradition. And I I believe Yule comes from an Old Norse word, J-U-L, Yule, which was their name for this season. And they legit would, their Yule log was a Yule fucking tree. Yeah, it was actually an entire tree. But yeah, so they would they would they would feed the fire with the tree from Christmas Day through the evening of January 5th, which was known as the 12th night. And then they would take those ashes, check this out. They would take the ashes of the Yule logs and they would use those in their gardens in the spring. What a cool way to kind of incorporate everything and recycle and bring that energy right into your garden. Right. So there you do see a lot of folks that that still will burn a traditional uh, Yule log in their fireplace on Christmas Eve. But there are some cultures and I love this. <laughs> Who doesn't love cakes? Um, some cultures took Yule log as a figurative, not a literal. And they have turned that into a log shaped chocolate cake enjoyed as a Christmas dessert. <laughs> I was going to say. That's my favorite Yule log is the edible one. <laughs> um, and actually, to me, it looks like a big freaking chocolate roll. It but... does. And it is. And it's delicious, but it's fun. I love the ones that particularly pagans make that are very, very pretty. It incorporates not just the log, but usually greenery to incorporate like the life when everything yep. else is yep. dead. The red berries, you know, for the goddess and that life energy. And then the candles for the bringing back the light. So pagan, so fucking pagan. And I just love it. It's beautiful. But the edible version is just delicious. Delicious. Love it. Um, I don't usually get them, but they're a lot of fun and I do like them a lot. Well, you know, sometimes when you go to holiday parties, people bring them and, you know, I'm like, hey. Yeah, I'm so there. Chocolate Swiss roll cake. Yum. I'm down. I've burned a Yule log, but I've never burned an entire tree for you all hey the norse were pretty badass man they (laughs) They were pretty pretty big (laughs) go big or go home yeah why not you know there is just there is a lot of crossover but i think that the biggest thing to remember is the spirit is what you put into it and yes there are people who do believe that jesus is the reason for the season 
don't down those people. That is their belief. But our beliefs are so intertwined that you can be a, a Christmas pagan. You can. We celebrate a religious winter solstice and a secular Christmas. Correct. I believe it was episode 47. I described our candle ritual that I created that bridges the solstice to Christmas, where we light a candle on solstice and then one more each day until Christmas Eve. And then we have four candles burning on that night. And we have a different thing. You know, we talk about the sun, the moon, the god, the goddess uh, each night to kind of. Why don't you put four candles on a Yule log? We could. We just never really did. You know, I don't know. I was poor. It was it was hard enough to get those four fucking candles, man. Do you know how expensive pillar candles are? Oh, my God. Still are. Who <laughs> I had to scrounge couch change to get those bitches, man. But they were important. <laughs> but, you know, I just think sometimes that people try to put too much into the commercials, into the the Facebook groups, into the news stories, you know. Just be kind, be nice, light a couple candles, appreciate the light coming back. And I know people say this all the time, but as my kids are getting older, I'm realizing more and more what they remember, what I remember, what we cherish are the traditions that we made together. They might not remember all the gifts. There's one or two that, of course, they're going to remember that were very special, by far what they remember are the things we did together. Yep. And and so if you can build traditions, whatever's fun to you, whatever you like, build traditions around that. And the people in your life will love that. It, we love touchstones. We like these things that invoke happy memories. So, you know, whatever works for you, I say go for it. And I just really want to go to Stonehenge and see the sun on the solstice. Oh, like, you know how it range. like perfectly, it perfectly shines. Through. Like, I want to see that with my own eyes, not online. There is, if you go to Newgrange, which was like 400 years older than the Egyptian pyramids um, in Ireland, if you're able to go to Newgrange and on the day of the winter solstice, the sunlight points through a specific little window in the back of that tomb and it floods the main chamber with light, but only on the exact moment of the winter solstice. And I have entered in the lottery. I've been, I've entered in the lottery a couple times and my husband has promised that if I ever win it, we'll go. <laughs> but they have a lottery every year for people to be able to be in the tomb at Newgrange on the solstice. Uh, my husband was lucky enough to be on a trip to Ireland at one time and they simulated, um, he was in the tomb at Newgrange and they shined a light through that that hole to kind of simulate it. But he wasn't lucky enough to be there on the winter solstice. Interesting. On our trip, Shell, on our wonderful trip, we will definitely go to Newgrange. And we'll at least be outside on the winter solstice cheering on the lucky people that get to go. Right. We'll add that to our itinerary for our ghosty, fabulous, amazing van life well, tour around Europe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our uh, pipe dreams, right? Pipe dreams. Right, right, right. But it is the winter solstice. It is almost Christmas. Miracles could happen. Amazing things can happen, right, Shell? Exactly. And besides, who wouldn't want you and I to be over the Europe? Don't Which, ask. I don't want to know. <laughs> yeah, right, right. There's probably governments plotting our bans currently. As we speak, they're like, oh, no, those potheads, don't let them anywhere near us. Uh-uh. Them bitches smoke too much weed. Don't <laughs> let them in. That's right. That's right. Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, I have more presents to wrap. I can't think of anything else. Are there any other memories or traditions you want to go over, Shell? 
So I want to talk about this really quick because this is a tradition that me and me and and, and my sweet love have been trying to keep going. And oh, I'm I want, curious. I, I've got this like pagany, wiccany, Yuli song that I want you to add to your playlist. And it's come here we come a wassling. Okay. And you've heard the song, you've heard the term, you've heard wassling, you've heard wassel. Yeah. So wassel for a little Yuletide thing for folks. Wassel is actually a drink. And I actually buy this every year um, in December. What and- the fuck? What the fuck's a wassel? Okay. So it is called a winter wassel punch. Okay. Let me read this to you. It is a festive blend of apple, cherry, black currant, and lemon juices infused with holiday spices and orange peel. Now it's like a like a like a juice. Okay. So like a punch, like a fruit punch. But okay, this is a personal opinion. I'm sure everybody has their own opinion. Opinions are like you know what? Mm-hmm. We only drink it hot. Oh. We pour it in a pan heated up on the stove and it's like you wouldn't drink hot chocolate cold right we don't drink wassail cold okay okay makes sense it's almost like you know how we we've in the past actually i did this the other day um you cut up apples cut up oranges and put cinnamon in a pot and just simmer it yeah that smell makes you think a wassail okay okay does it taste like that smell it does, but again, it's got the black currant and the cherry as well in it. So it's not just apple, orange, and cinnamon. You know, that sounds a little, delicious. A little more to it, but it is a Yuletide drink. This is not something that you can obtain other times of the year unless you're making it yourself. I don't. Th- I've never had that before. Anybody who's got a Trader Joe's in their vicinity, you can get it at Trader Joe's. Actually, what I buy, it's a Trader Joe's brand. Oh, so it's a bougie holiday drink. Yeah, but if you <laughs> go back to old old time Christmas songs, Yuletide songs, Christmas carols, they talk about wassail and wassailing like the song I suggested to you. Here we come. I guess I never really thought about it. Yeah. That so- and figgy pudding. Bring us a figgy pudding, that song. Never really thought about it. When we were talking about the Wassel thing, we talked about figgy pudding. And apparently, he's familiar with figgy pudding and thinks it's good. I don't know. He what is not. Is. I is don't this a know. Massachusetts thing? It's got to be. I, I guess in New York, we don't know what figgy pudding is. I thought it was pudding that was like fig flavored. Figgy yeah. pudding. Makes like, sense. You know, vanilla pudding. I think you know. that's probably what I thought it was too. That's apparently, not what it is. Apparently not. <laughs> so okay. we're going to have to look up some figgy pudding recipes here. Right? But yeah, wassail, good stuff. Drink it hot. I think the biggest thing is, is this year, somehow, someway, I'm going to try to incorporate a ghost story other than Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol into my Christmas festivities. I'm bringing it back, man. I am going to personally bring back the trend of ghost stories at Christmas. I think I'm going to pick one of those nights between solstice and Christmas and make that a um, everyone bring your favorite ghost story night. And we'll all tell drink ghost stories around the tree. And drink wassail. Hot that sounds cold. That's right. Because you wouldn't drink hot chocolate cold. So don't, right. don't drink your wassail cold. Right. I do actually want to try some of that wassail shit. It's good. <laughs> Well, I'll try it for sure. Just for you, Shell. 
But for okay. now, I'm going to keep on smoking this bowl and wrap up some presents and see if I can find those pillar candles, damn it. Well, happy Yule to you and yours and happy Yule to all of our listeners out there. We love you and we hope you have a wonderful holiday season. And thank you again for listening to the Stoned Witches Hour. We hope this Wheel of the Year has found you happy and healthy and better off now than you were before. And we will see you on the next tick. Happy winter solstice to all. And to all a good night.